Welcome to the Bike Life Podcast by Warm Showers Foundation, where we will be sharing knowledge, experience, tools, and stories of touring cyclists and hosts from around the world. I'm Tauber Lee, the woman behind the scenes at Warm Showers Foundation, the leading platform for cyclists looking for hosts and to connect with a passionate international community. Find out more by visiting us at warmshowers.org. Now on to the show. Today's guest is a cyclist and is passionate about biking and seeing the world. She is like she has amazing stories to tell and she is going to lead us through this adventure of the race against time. And so Rhea, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for inviting me. Tell everyone where you're at, where you're located. Um, I'm in Rovaniemi, Finland, which is the home of Santa Claus. I'm literally living about 10 minutes from Santa. Mm. Mm, interesting. I know when we chatted before, I didn't have a chance to tell you that I had an exchange student brother that lived with me when I was a child from Finland. So I spent a lot of time learning about the culture and he's still there now and we keep in touch. I would I would love one day to come and visit. Oh, it's definitely worth it. Although the language is tricky, but uh, yeah, everyone speaks English, which is great. Really? Is that true in most parts? Yeah, apart from the elderly who didn't necessarily learn English at school. Um, but even mm. my niece, who's six years old, speaks some English, so. Yeah. Interesting. Is it taught at school or is it just it's something that's picked up? It's taught at school, but also um, because we watch loads of English movies, films, music, um, and we don't have we, we don't have our broken stuff over, so we've got subtitles. So that's really helpful in learning the language. Yes. Yes. I see. Okay. Well, we could talk about Finland all day, but let's get down into the good stuff. Let's hear a little bit more about you. So obviously I introduced you as a, a cyclist and a, you know passionate about biking and seeing the world. Let's kind of start at the beginning. Tell us you know how how you were led to the place of, of wanting to learn cycle touring. Um, well, it all goes back to uh, March 2019 when I was diagnosed with wound cancer. Uh, it, was, it was at stage three which meant that I needed to have uh, chemotherapy. I had six sessions of chemo, lost all the hair, everything. Um, even the nostril hair goes, which I didn't realise. Um, and then following that, I had radiotherapy, 25 sessions of those. And then once I'd recovered, um, I'm now four years um, clear of cancer, which is upsetting. Um, but yes. once I recovered, then the COVID arrived. And uh, me and my partner, we had time to sort of sit around and think and sort of, yeah, we kind of wanted to change the direction we, our lives were going. And uh, one night, sitting on the balcony, having a few beers, we got the idea that we're going to cycle across Europe. Mm. Okay, so let me clarify. You said 2019 when you received the diagnosis. Yes. And so how long were you in treatment? In total, it took about seven months. Mm. And so you're sitting on the balcony having a couple of beers. Now, had you done any cycle touring before? Like, where did the idea come from? Um, I think it was Justin's idea because he's always been more of a cyclist than I have. 
Um, my longest one before that had been one 75 kilometer ride when I was about 16. Uh, whereas Charleston um, has cycled from London to Brighton, which is about 80 miles several times. He'd done London to Paris before, um, but he hadn't done any bike touring either. So we both were completely new to it. And we thought, why not? You know, if other people can, we can. And did you have other examples? Like, were you introduced to the community? I'm, I'm just, I'm coming, I'm interested in how you came to the conclusion to do this because we know how amazing it is. And I'm always interested and fascinated to know, like, where did the, was it just an inspirational thought that came one day or did you come across something where you learned about someone else's trip? Justin uh, had been watching some bike stories on YouTube. And uh, yeah, so he came with the idea. I wanted to do something to raise money for the um, cancer charity for the hospital that treated me. And I was thinking, oh, should I do a marathon or, um, uh, you know, sort of regular normal ideas. And uh, I wanted to do something a bit more, something a bit different. And as we were stuck at home during COVID, it, we were talking about what we're going to do, where we're going to go once we can travel again. And then we decided to combine that with traveling on the bike. Yeah, and not have to wait. Right. When from the time that you came up with the idea until you went on the trip, how long was that? Uh, we got the idea sort of spring 2020, and then obviously we had COVID still closing places, borders were still closed, so we couldn't start until August 21. So it was just over a year. So a year ago, and how long was the journey? It took us about 10 weeks. And weeks. Amazing. So at what point were you introduced to warm showers? I think it was quite early on, even before we started the ride, because uh, we were watching YouTube and bike site and bike tours there. And it was one of those who mentioned warm showers. So we thought, oh, it, it sounds great. And we looked it up and I'm so glad we did. Yeah, I'm glad that you did, too. All right, so tell us about the 10-week the journey. <laughs> uh, well, we were supposed to start from Norway, but with COVID, we couldn't um, uh, because we would have had to spend two weeks in quarantine in Norway. And obviously, that was not an option because uh, with Britain leaving the EU, Justin could only stay three months in EU countries. So we literally had to get the whole journey fitted into three months and then get back to Finland and apply for his um, residence permit. So, uh, yes, it was kind of a blessing in disguise that we can start from Norway. So we started from the northernmost point of Finland, called Norgan, and went through Finland, Sweden, Denmark, Germany, France, and then Spain. And we finished in Zorovieja. What an interesting idea to know that you only had three months to finish the, the trip, right? That hence the race against time. Um, yeah, I mean, that must have been a really interesting time to plan a trip, not only coming out of COVID, but coming out of Brexit. Uh, like all of that was, I mean, did you experience turmoil in those countries around what was happening? No, we were quite lucky with the timing because as we started, everywhere was opening up. Um, and 
we didn't have any way. We, we weren't prepared to change our plans. We thought if we can't get through one country, then we'll just have to adjust our plans and go somewhere else. But luckily, um, everyone was opened and we could, we could follow the plan, sort of, as things always <laughs> change on the road. Yeah. And how did you prepare? What I mean, what what did you both do considering? I mean, you made the idea, you had a year after you came up with the idea until you could actually embark on the trip. What were the critical things that you did to prepare to go, even though we know it's impossible to be fully prepared, but what did you work on before you left? Oh, my fitness levels. <laughs> it wasn't, uh, because it, it was quite soon after all my cancer treatment, my fitness levels were really low. Um, because all the all the treatments they really do take it out of you, and uh, I had to sort of just get back to levels before cancer. So I did a lot of cycling around London. Um, Justin was a lot more fitter than me anyway, because he's always done so much cycling. Uh, but cycling around London was completely different from when we actually did got on the road and had to face loads of hills and bigger hills, and you just think, oh my god, is these hills are never going to end. Um, so, yeah, that was the main thing, preparing just physically as, as much as can as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And while you were on your journey, what, what were some of the most fascinating or interesting experiences that you had? Uh, probably being woken up by three German gardeners when we had to sleep at a graveyard. That was, uh, we were actually supposed to stay with the warm shower host that night, but things just didn't go to plan. And uh, I think about this point, it was about half past 10 in the evening. It was gone dark. We tried this path, but it was like the cars were so long, we couldn't put a tent up there. Then we saw on the map, that, oh, there's a little green area there. It turned out to be a church with a graveyard. But we were just so desperate to have a sleep at that point that we Let's do it. Let's book the tent up there. You know, the dead people won't mind. And um, slept quite happily. And then suddenly in the morning, about half past six, we hear this um, hello, hello from the outside. I'm like, just my consciousness, there's someone outside. So uh, he gets up, and there's this three big German gardeners going, not allowed, not allowed. Get your tent and go. And we're like, okay, this time. Um, so, yeah, that was probably the weirdest experience with the trip kind of neat though to sleep near a graveyard it was and yeah it was really peaceful and what was quite handy as well there was a little um, like a maintenance room where the door was open so we could use the toilet have a little wash and you know everyone who's sort of done wild camping knows to appreciate a toilet and get one mm-hmm, right for sure <laughs> and how how did the fundraising go it went really well. We got lots of support from friends and family, and uh, I think we raised about two thousand five hundred pounds. And did that feel good for you to know that you were now in remission and you were giving back to the hospital that had taken care of you, and you did something that was very adventurous and 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 you know fulfilled your soul? Oh, definitely. Um, I'm, I received such amazing care at the hospital like the doctors nurses everyone was just amazing um i mean i couldn't have hope for better um doctors or nurses so yeah it was just so nice to be able to say thank you and uh 
at the same time learn something new and meet new people and see countries that I've not seen before. So yeah, it's amazing. Today's episode is brought to you by bikeflights.com, the leading bicycle shipping service and bike box supplier for cyclists. You'll enjoy low costs, excellent service, and on-time delivery with every shipment. And you get preferred handling for your high-value bikes, wheels, and gear. As a brand built around a love for the outdoors, they are committed to reducing environmental impact, and every bike flight's shipment is carbon neutral. Join the nearly one million cyclists who have used bike flights to ship their bikes, wheels, and gear with confidence since 2009, and see how easy it is to book, manage, and track all of your shipments. Visit bikeflights.com forward slash warm showers today for more information and to book your shipment. Now back to the show. So you mentioned earlier uh, something about not needing to have the fanciest gear or the latest and greatest in order to make this trip. Can you tell us a little bit about how that worked for you? Um, I just had a quite a basic uh, finished bike, which I bought literally a week before we started. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was just a regular bike um, and it took me, I didn't have any issues with it at all. Um, obviously we had like a couple of punctured tires, but other than that, we worked absolutely fine. And I just think sometimes if you think you're going to have to meet the like the nicest bike, the latest technology and the best panniers and the best this and best that, um, you are setting yourselves like barriers. Because all of that is going to cost you a lot of money. Whereas you can do it really, really cheaply. Like we met these two Dutch guys on the ride while we were going to Denmark and they had literally bought two bikes from charity shop and they were on their way to Istanbul so I hope they got there don't know (laughs) yeah so you can do it really cheaply and I think that's something that I think people need to realize that you don't need to spend a lot of money doing it which I think is a really great thing about bike touring as well yeah, and I, I like that you're describing it as a way of not letting it be a barrier. No, yeah, because I think in life we often put up barriers, like excuses, and say, like, oh, I can't do it because I don't have that. Like, and if, if we'd started to, if we'd waited until we could afford the best gear, we'd still be waiting, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell us about some of the other people you met along your journey. Um, we met this amazing um, older German guy, and we were a little bit lost, even though we did have a like navigation on the phone, but it doesn't always work. And this German guy, he was uh, 78 on his electric bike, which just came across him in the middle of this sort of really long road to seemingly leading us to nowhere. And uh, he could see we were lost, and he basically went 10 miles out of his way to show us to the right place. And uh, that was just amazing. Otherwise, we would have just like ended up wandering around for hours. Uh, we also had amazing hosts through warm showers. Uh, we stayed, I think we stayed with five people. We were planning to stay with a few more, but yeah, things didn't always work out. Um, and 
it's such a lovely community. Like everyone we stayed with, they like cooked us lovely dinner, gave us breakfast, comfortable place to sleep. Um, and it was really nice to talk about, you know, share experiences about where they'd been and uh, what their future plans were. So yeah, really enjoyed that. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, what were some of the biggest challenges you faced? I think the time. That was our biggest challenge because we didn't have the luxury to take too much time off. Um, there was days when we were sort of having to cycle 100, 120 kilometers because we were on this like uh, limited time. And that was really tough, especially when you had like really horrible, windy, wet day when you would have just like liked, like, right, okay, we're not riding today, let's have a day off. And we couldn't, we have to keep pushing forward. So I think that was the hardest, having mm-hmm. to keep going. Right. Right. Not, I mean, not having the flexibility to adjust. And, and I, I mean, I know you adjusted because all trips you adjust. Um, okay. So how would that impact your future trip? I mean, do you have any plans for another tour and what would you do differently next time? Uh, we want to go to Istanbul next year and, uh, we would definitely allow ourselves a bit more time um, because it would be really nice when you get to somewhere lovely just to say, right, we're only doing 40 kilometres or 50 kilometres a day and then take the rest of the day off, meet some more locals, look at the local side. So definitely having more time would be one thing. Um, I would probably also try to either stay in a B&B or with the warm cell house a bit more often to get that break from sleeping in a tent. Because I know some people do like weeks and months even, like we had a warm shower visit the last year staying with us and he had not slept in a bed for three months. So I know people do it, but for me, I think I'd like to stay in a, sleep in a bed every three or four nights. Yeah. It gives you that little boost. Yeah. And I, I understand part of what happens when you're on a, a tour, because from Warm Shower's perspective, we see ourselves as fitting in within your trip, like a way to expand your trip into more community connections and, you know, possibly a bed or a meal along the way. We know that it's unlikely that Warm Shower's hosts can fill every night just because of the scope of the hosts that we have globally. But we are working to um, look ahead down the road with the with our eye on the goal of increasing hosts across the globe. And so we've, I don't know if you've ever completed the surveys, but we've sent a lot of information out to users asking like, where would you tour next? Where's your, like, where's the destination you would like to see more hosts? And we've been accumulating this data and, you know, we are, you probably may, well, you may or may not know, we have a new website being launched soon And by the time this comes out, the website might be live. I don't know. (laughs) But if it's not, it will be soon. And, you know, we we focus on this idea of increasing our hosting capacity because we know the hosts are really, they are the driving force behind the warm showers experience. And there are, you know, there are gaps in different countries. There are gaps in different times people are available. And and so our our focus will be turning to that in the next couple of years at Warm Showers. So just so you know, we we understand and, you know, we, we continue to grow and, you know, create as many opportunities as possible to bring more hosts in so there aren't necessarily as many gaps. So you can go every three or four nights if you desire, depending on where you go, of course, because some countries it's, 
it presents a different a different challenge um, to hosting. Yeah, absolutely. Like in, in Finland, we are about as northern as you get for host. So uh, when when we were living in this other town on the Russian border, I think there was one host that was further up north than we were, and then there was nothing. So uh, absolutely, yeah, understand that. It's been nice to I yeah, and, and and also right, and and we also hear a lot for hosts like you and I. I'm the I'm the same. I live in a pretty remote place. I live between two places, one in Colorado and one on the East Coast. And um, there's the next closest host to where I'm at is hours away, but very few people actually come through here. And so when they do, it's it's wonderful. It's great. I I love hosting. Um, but I find that that's the other thing for hosts is some hosts want more cyclists. They're like, come here, come here out into this country far away because I've got a beautiful place for you. And it's an interesting idea to think about, um, you know, how we can explore making more of those connections. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, Rhea, I, first of all, I, I thank you for taking the time to come on the show and share your resiliency, right? Your your story, right, the race against time isn't just about the timeline you had to complete the trip, but it's also that for for all of us, I mean, life is short and you've survived something incredibly difficult and then you did something extremely adventurous. And so thank you for being willing to share that with us. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. We appreciate it. And so for those of you that would like to find Rhea, um, Rhea, I'm assuming you have some social media links we can pop into the show notes for you. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm on Instagram as cycling for cancer with cycling underscore for underscore cancer. Um, and we actually have some plans to turn it into a bit of a charity, but uh, that's very much baby steps yet. So uh, yeah, I won't, I won't say too much of that at this point, but uh, that's my that's my future dream. Well, when and if that continues to grow, let us know and we would be happy to bring you back to talk about it. And and for anyone that wants to follow Rhea and contribute to her cause, you can find her on Instagram. We'll put the link in the show notes. And thank you again, Rhea. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It's really, really great. All right, folks, thanks for listening. And we will be back again soon. Thank you for joining us. And we hope you enjoyed the show as much as we enjoyed making it. Wherever you are listening, please leave us a rating and a review as it helps us reach more cyclists and hosts around the world. Visit us at warmshowers.org to become a part of our community or on Instagram at warmshowers underscore org. If you would like to be a guest on the show or submit a question, please make sure to email us at podcast at warmshowers.org.